Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. I'm back. Your boy is back. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, I want to get you guys ready. Let's go on an audio adventure. But we are getting, we are nearing down close to uh, episode 100, the 100th episode. I think this will make, this is episode 95. But uh, we have, we're, 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 we're near the countdown to episode 100. But without further ado, we got we got we got some things to get into. It's gonna be NBA, NFL, draft talk. So get ready, buckle up. We we've been on this kind of wave in this path. We've been on these topics for a while, and there's such big topics. Um, a lot of a lot of important stuff to get into. Um, I, I got I got I got some lists for you guys today too. I know you guys love that. So without further ado, I'm gonna get started and get ready. Uh, I'm gonna catch you guys on the other side. Okay, so welcome back. Welcome back. I'm your host, Isaiah Kitt of the Isaiah Kitt Podcast. Welcome back to at the IKP. So, um, we so we had some good games on on Sunday, and you know the NBA they give us these these Sunday and Saturday games uh, to look at. They're they're you know they they're, they're usually against the top tier teams. The you know some of the best teams in each conference play against each other. It's a real fun watch. Um, I saw Celtics, but I saw Celtics, um, Rockets, Clippers, 76ers, Lakers, Pelicans. That was a good battle. So we're going to get into those things. We're going to get into those things. And the first thing I want to touch is on LeBron. I know, I know, I know people can get mad. Uh, here you go again with LeBron. I know, I know, but it's LeBron. And I just want to show you how important he is, how valuable he is to the sport. Because I don't think we get... I think with, like, with this MVP conversation, this MVP talk, LeBron, he has four league MVPs. LeBron has four league MVPs. He's, um, he, you know... And you probably... You, and when we look back at LeBron's career, and he's been really dominant, and like he's been the best player since he's practically entered the league. He's been one of the best players, and then if he if you don't want to say okay, he has been the best player for the last seventeen years, he's definitely been the best player in basketball for at least the last ten years. So when we're when we're talking about LeBron, and when we're looking back at his career, we're gonna be like, this guy only had four MVPs, and I'm gonna be like, yeah, he has only four MVPs, and it's it's crazy that we even we that we have to talk like this. But I don't think we appreciate LeBron enough. 
I think we I think some of the media uh, is a, a little bit of LeBron fatigue per se. I think they had I think in within the media there's definitely some LeBron fatigue. Um I I, I guess the story is not I, I guess the story is watered down, but to me it's not. I, I, I mean to continue to be able to reign in this type of dominant fashion, form and fashion, it, it's it's crazy. At year 17, at the age of what, 34, 34, 35? At the age of 35, year 17, he is still reigning and dominating. And his team currently has the best record in the West. And remember, remember when LeBron first made that move out, you know, moved, you know, moved to Lakers? And it was like, oh, LeBron, he, he, he dominated the East for years. He's not going to be able to dominate the Western Conference. Uh well he has and yeah I know the I know the Lakers didn't make the playoffs last year but on Christmas Day the day LeBron got hurt of last year with last year's Laker team the Lakers were in fourth place the Lakers were in, in they were in playoff contention so LeBron got hurt of course everyone everything went downhill but this year they came they came back you know they made. You know, some off-season acquisitions, Anthony Davis, you know. And now they're the number one team in the Western Conference. They have the best record in the Western Conference, and they have a five-game lead over the two-spot, over the Clippers. So, here goes my here goes my big point. This is my main point. I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like we are we are under we are we don't appreciate LeBron's greatness. We just take it for for granted. We say, oh, LeBron's averaging twenty five, eight and eleven. Who cares? What 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 what, what? he's averaging twenty five, eight and eleven as a as a, uh, how? Yeah, he's averaging twenty five, eight and eleven, and we're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. He's not the front runner for MVP. And he's probably not going to win the MVP because the media, like I said, the media, I think I sense that there is some LeBron fatigue within the media. But what he's, I, I, I made this argument last week. I said, I think LeBron may still very well be the best player in basketball. And now, I mean, he has so much direct impact on the game. Like, for instance, Tom Brady. If Tom Brady was to get up and just say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to sign with the Patriots. I'm not going to sign with nobody. I'm going to retire. The NFL ratings would, would not dip. The NFL ratings would not dip. They, they just won't. They just, they, they just wouldn't. Yes, Brady would be sadly missed. And the Patriot fans, they won't. The Patriots won't matter. The Patriots would be irrelevant. But, um... Yeah, the, the NFL ratings would dip. The, the, the NFL ratings wouldn't dip because we're still hell. We got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Sean Watson, Russell Wilson. We got so many young talent, so much young talent, and you know that. And football has never really been the sport that's dependent on one man or, or one athlete. And really, it's football is a, it's the ultimate team sport. Um, you know, it's 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 primarily. Dominated by a team, not a Pacific player, not a Pacific uh, player. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a star-driven league such as the NBA. The NBA is such a star-driven league. 
LeBron has so much direct impact. If LeBron says, hey, after this year, I'm going to retire, oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Ratings would dip. Ratings would dip. I, I mean, and it, it's, and it's not like the NBA doesn't have young stars because they do. And we're going to talk about the, the NBA's young stars. We're going to talk about that. But if LeBron was to retire, LeBron has so much of this league. He has so he has the NBA at, a, at at his palms. He has the NBA at its palms. You know why? So and this is another thing. And we in the last two years, get this, get this. The last two years, all the NBA media has came out and said, "Hey, on in NBA in the head in headquarters, you know, you know, league offices, and hey." Why are the Eastern Conference ratings down? Why are our ratings down? Because you know how the Eastern Conference, basically, on these primetime television games where there's a doubleheader, you know, ESPN, TNT, well, those first, those 8 o'clock games are the Eastern Conference games. And LeBron always played in the East. and But LeBron has moved out West, and the Lakers play at 10. The Lakers play later. So, the league office has been like, people in the league office, NBA media is like, why are the NBA Eastern, why are the Eastern Conference ratings are down? Why are they down? I know why they're down. LeBron. LeBron, whatever team you play for in the East, Miami or Cleveland, which, whichever team you play for, it was must-see TV. It was must-watch TV. You had to go to a television school. You had to go to a television set. But LeBron's moved out west. He's been playing out west for two years now. And Eastern Conference ratings have dipped. They have dipped drastically. Even with Giannis. Even with Embiid and Tatum and all those other guys that I do like. But they have dipped. That's the impact of LeBron. Oh, I don't, and like I don't think there's another athlete in sports where I think has that same direct impact. I don't think there's another athlete. Maybe Tiger Woods. Maybe Tiger Woods will go. Because I know with Tiger Woods, with when Tiger Woods was hot, I mean, when Tiger Woods was really, like, really, like, the best golfer in, the best player in golf, um, people was running to a television set. People was running to a television set, and Tiger Woods was must-see TV. And ever since Tiger Woods has fell off, and even though he won, and when he came back and won the Masters, Reigns was at its peak. But ever since Tiger, when, when Tiger doesn't participate and when he's not golfing and when he's not long, no longer the best player, people don't watch. Ratings for golf go down. So I think Tiger Woods is probably the only guy that's similar to what I've seen. To what I've seen. LeBron has a lot of direct impact within the NBA. LeBron. Yes. Single-handedly. Single-handedly, he has a direct impact on the NBA and how we look at it. If LeBron was to retire, hey, he said, hey, I'm going to finish out this season. But if he was to retire, oh, boy, the ratings would dip. And, yes, we, we, we know some people think Kawhi is the best player in basketball. Some people think Giannis is the best player in basketball. But they're not, they're not King James. They're not LeBron. You know, they don't, they're, not, they're, they're not LeBron. And that is, the, that is the direct impact that LeBron has. That is the direct impact that LeBron has. It's simple as that. And he's shown it 
even he's shown it even more. Yesterday, like anytime I watch the Lakers, anytime I watch the Lakers, when LeBron exits out and when LeBron, when like when LeBron sits down, and goes to the bench, the Lakers offensively are they're horrible. Even with Anthony, even with a talented Anthony Davis on the floor, the Lakers are they're they're not they are horrible offensively, and that's what that's what and that's what worries me uh, going into the playoffs because when LeBron leaves the game. It's like, oh, the Lakers get shaky. They get very shaky offensively. Very shaky offensively when LeBron goes to the bench. When LeBron's on the floor, they look like the best offense in the league. And it's due, it's, it's due to LeBron's greatness. And, I, you know, it, it's, it's funny because when LeBron beat the Warriors in, 20, in 2016, the, mind you, Warriors were already 73-9. The Warriors had won the title the previous year with the same collective group, the same roster. They went 73-9. They had a 3-1 lead against LeBron. LeBron comes back and wins it all. We all know the story. That summer, the Warriors go out and get Kevin Durant. <laughs> the Warriors go out and add. They, they already had the best record in league history. And... You, they, and they lost LeBron. He's like, you know what? How about we get the second best player in the league? And they got Kevin Durant. Same thing. The Clippers did that. The Clippers did that this the, the, last month. The Clippers did that last month. The Clippers did that last month where they said, hey, yeah, we got Kawhi and Paul George. Mind you, Kawhi and Paul George are probably the two best wing defenders in basketball. So the Clippers already had Kawhi and Paul George and Patrick Beverly. And they say, you know what? We're going to get another guy we can throw LeBron. Because they're very fearful. They're fearful of what LeBron can do. They know the impact on and off the floor that LeBron has. This is why I think he is, he, he is super powerful. And, and it still shows he's the best player in basketball. He's the best player in basketball even at the age of 35 and year 17. He's still the best player in basketball. And even, even when the Clippers got to go out and say, hey, yes, we have Kawhi, we have Paul George, we have guys we can throw LeBron, but hey, why not? Another one would not hurt. And they went out and got Markeith Morris. Hey, I, I, it's just what it is. And nobody's doing that out east. Nobody's doing that out, nobody's doing that out east to stop Giannis. Nobody's like, oh, we got to get size. We need size. Boston... Boston, and that's what Boston lacks. Boston lacks size. Boston did not go out and get, uh, they did not go out and get size. Boston didn't get it. Who, I mean, they, they, they didn't get, they didn't go out and get size to, to be able to defend Giannis. They didn't, they was like, hey, Giannis, seven years, two playoff series wins. Hell, we'll let him, okay. Because they're like, okay, Giannis may score 35, but I don't know if he's good enough to beat us with him scoring 35. So and that's what Boston is showing. Clippers, Warriors, the Warriors were very fearful, and the Warriors had already lost. And then the Clippers, they're like, yeah, we got Kawhi and PG and Patrick Beverly, but hell, why not get Marquise Morris? They got Marquise Morris. That's another guy. That's that's four or five guys you could throw at LeBron. They're very fearful of LeBron. LeBron runs the league. LeBron, LeBron it runs the league. So let's get into this. I talked about the young guys for a little bit. And this and with Zion's performances these last mm, since he came back, quite frankly, 
He's been dominant. He's been sheer dominance. And he's been a walking 24, 25 points per game uh, just rolling out of bed. He, he, he's averaging that just rolling out of bed. He's not in the best shape. Um, some people think he need to lose weight. I think he need to lose weight as well. I think he can shred a couple, a few pounds. I think several pounds. I think that can help. Cause being a six five guy at three eighty, uh, don't really like it. Don't particularly like it. But this made me think. With Zion's having such a, 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 you know, since he's since he's made his debut, Zion's been playing well. And with John Morant, he's have he's so far so far he's my rookie of the year. And with Jason Tatum on his hot. February month, he's been playing well. This made me think, hey, who are the best players under 21? Who are the best players under 21? And this made, this made me think, who are the best players under 21? Hmm. So, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna give you guys my top my top five players, my top five players under 21 years or under, 21 years or under, you got to be, you know, of course you guys know the, you know, the rules. You got to be 21 or under. So, and it's, it's just so incredible because you look at these guys and you're like, I, I mean, I look at these guys and I'm like, these guys are literally two and three years older than me and they are at the top of their game. They're really good. They're really, really good. So, this made me come up with a list. This made me come up with a list that um I, 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 that I put together. I put this list together. Uh, the league's best players, top 25 players, under 21 and under. And I wanted to do this today because Jason Tatum is on my list. And Jason Tatum's birthday is March the 3rd. It is March the 2nd. So... I had to do this today. <laughs> Jason Tatum's birthday is tomorrow, and he's turn and he turns twenty two. So my players, that's the mm, excuse me, guys. My top five players that's under twenty one, and here they go. At five, I have Trey Young. I'm just gonna give you guys my top five, and then I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna tell you why I have them. Why? I'm gonna tell you why I have them where I have them at. Um, so at at five I have Trey Young, at four I have John Moran, at three I have Zion Williamson, at two I have Jason Tatum, and then at one as my best player in the NBA, twenty one years or younger, I have Luka Doncic. So let's start from the bottom at five. Um, <clears throat> all of these players are talented. All of these players are generational type talents. Uh, Trey Young. So let's start. Trey Young at five. He's um very much like Steph Curry. He he's definitely a prototype, prototypical Steph Curry. He has he's a little bit shorter because Curry is about six three ish. Trey Young six one. So it's a little bit shorter, but they're they're they're, they're size wise they're practically the same. Practically the same. They have some of the same skill sets, handle, ball handling, uh, can shoot no matter where is it, where, where, where he is. Um, Trey Young has exceptional range. But here goes my thing with Trey Young, and here's why I have him at five below all of these guys. He doesn't win. Trey Young doesn't win. 
Trey Young is putting up great numbers. Trey Young is averaging this year, he's averaging 29.8 points. He's averaging 29 and 9 assists. He's putting up terrific numbers. He's he's shooting he's he's shooting the the the, the leather off the ball, but he doesn't win enough. He doesn't win enough in the Eastern Conference. And okay, you want to mention talent. You're gonna say okay, he doesn't have enough talent in Atlanta. Well, I look at that Memphis team and that, and I compare it to that Hawks team. I don't see much of a difference. Memphis, Atlanta, I don't see much of a difference. But Memphis is in the eighth spot, and Atlanta is literally at the literally one of the worst teams in the conference. Where's Atlanta? Atlanta's thirteenth in the conference, below, I mean, above the Knicks and the and the Cavaliers. They they they're literally above the Knicks and the Cavaliers by one game. So that's why I have Troy Young at five. He's at the bottom of my list. He's the he's he's at the bottom of my list because I feel like physically, physically, physical wise, physically, um, I, I he he's. A miniature guy, six like I said, six one, one eighty, soaking wet. But he doesn't win. He has a lot, he has a lot of skill. He has a he has a lot of skill. And I did not agree with him being. I don't know. Maybe I, I I didn't I didn't necessarily see him as a all star starter. I didn't I didn't quite get that how he was an all star starter, but Bradley Beal wasn't an all star at all. And Bradley Beal has a better record. I did not understand that. And their numbers are fairly similar. But that's neither here or there. Trey Young is at five. Because he in basketball, and I know you guys say it's a team sport. In basketball, especially at the point guard position, because Trey Young is at the point guard position and he has the ball a lot. So with the, the player that has the ball can often dictate the outcome of the game. So he does have the ability to dictate on what like on the outcome um, on on the outcome of some of these games. He has the ability to do so because he has the ball in his hands majority of the time. And he just haven't done so. He just haven't done so this year. And I quite frankly I expected the Hawks to be a little uh, I, I expect them to be a little bit better than what they are. I expect them to be I expected them to be a little bit better than what they are. With the with their pick with their draft picks um, they they traded for Clint they traded for Clint Capella, uh, Clint, Clint Capella. I'm sorry. Um, they you know Trey Young come he got one year under his belt. I thought that would lead and translate to more wins, even in the Eastern Conference. In the weak Eastern Conference, Trey Young is at he's 13th. He's 13th out of 15 teams. The Hawks are 13th out of 15 teams. So I have him at five. At four, I have John Moran. I really like John Moran. Um, and, and this is kind of a tough one for me. because, And I would not be mad at people if John Morant was higher on your list. I wouldn't be mad because I get it. He's explosive. He's winning. He's, he got Memphis in the A spot. And similar to what, similar to Atlanta, there's not much, diff, there's, there's not a huge gap, if any, with Atlanta's roster and Memphis roster, but John Morant is winning more games in the tougher conference. 
He's winning more games in the tougher conference. So that's why I give John Morant the edge. Also, physically, John Morant, he's 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 a he's a bigger guard. He's a little bit bigger guard than um Trey Young's for taller. Um a little bit taller. Uh John Morant, he can handle the ball. He has a he has a he he has a handle like Kyrie Irving. He can facilitate like Rondo and Chris Paul, but he has the he has the explosiveness and the athleticism of a Russell of a Russell Westbrook. So I think like there's a lot of he reminds me of a lot of guys. When he facilitates, he reminds me a little, little bit more of Rondo and, and Chris Paul with his creativity and his vision and his passing skills. I see a lot of Chris Paul and Rondo with his explosiveness and athleticism. I see a lot of Westbrook with it, you know, when he's finishing around the rim. I see a lot of Westbrook. He's a, I think now I think he's a better shooter than Westbrook, but I see a lot of Westbrook when it, in terms of explosiveness and athleticism. Um, and like I said, with the handle, I see a lot of Kyrie Irving. He, he, I think he has, he has similar to a handle like a Kyrie Irving. So there's a lot of guards in with, within John Morant that's mixed in. And I like him. Um, you know, he has. I, I will. I will, and I think we mentioned. I think Michael mentioned this in the previous podcast, but you know, in the previous episode. But I would like to see him get more consistent. Be more consistent, especially against the upper echelon Western Conference teams, the top tier teams in the West. Um, I would like to see him be more. Be 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 more efficient. Be more effective and be consistent. Um, but. I like John Morant, and he 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 has a bright future. He's gonna be he's gonna be a he's gonna be an all star for years. He's gonna be an all star for years. I like the path and the route he's going. Um, at three, I had to put Zion. I put Zion above John Morant. Now I think John Morant. I think if John if John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies can stay at the A spot, I you have to give the Rookie of the Year to John Morant, but. I put Zion at three because just what he's doing in his first 15 games, you know, not in shape, missed the first two, three months of the regular season, not in shape. People are saying, hey, he needs to lose weight. And he's averaging, he's averaging 24 and seven. He's averaging 24 and seven. And he's not even trying. Like this guy, he's, 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 He's dropping 24. He's averaging 24 points with ease. He's averaging 24 points rolling out of bed. So just imagine when he gets in shape. Just imagine when his skills are more refined. It's going to be a problem. And I think Zion's going to be a, 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 a very big problem. Another thing. Another thing that Zion probably has over all of these guys, I would have to say is, he has the there's a there's a star quality there's an it factor quality about him. It, it, I don't know maybe because of his skills, but like like look at this the 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 two biggest things in the NBA is three point shooting and being able to space the floor and dribble the ball and handle the ball. You know, that, those are the big things. Those are the two, like, offensively, those are the key things in, in, in today's game, in today's NBA. Those are the key things, quote-unquote. 
basketball, shooting, being able to shoot the ball, and, you know, up-tempo, ball handling, happening to handle the ball. That, that's, that, that's what the league is about nowadays. Zion is the, is the, he's, he's the opposite of that. He, he's the opposite of that. He is the quintessential uh, 6'5", but big, bulky, athletic, and very unique. 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 He stands out. But in some ways, he does fit today's game. Today's game is full of guys, skinny, school, like, like Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is a tall guy. He's a tall guy. He has a lot of length to him, but he's not like a built tall guy. He's not built. So, and Zion's built. And most of these guys aren't built. So Zion, in some ways, does, he does fit in today's game. And like I said, there's an it quality about himself. Like, all we got to say is Zion. All we got to say is Zion. When we able to say your name, like one, like your first name, just by itself, you're special. LeBron. Kobe, Michael, like Zion. There's there's a ring to that. There's a ring to that, and I think that's why he's so high. And he may not he may not ever be as good as a Jason Tatum offensively. He may not have the facilitating ability and the playmaking ability like a like a Luka Doncic, but he's uniquely athletic and. In some ways, he does fit today's game. So I have Zion at three. At two, I already mentioned it. Jason Tatum. I mentioned it uh, last week as well. I said Jason Tatum is slowly becoming like a superstar. He's becoming the the Celtics' go-to guy. He's he. I, so Jason Tatum is growing into a superstar. He's growing into a superstar in in, in front of our eyes, and. And you look at this. This is what I like. But this is what I like about Jason Tatum right here. Mm, excuse me. This is what I like about Jason Tatum right here. Rookie year gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, loses to LeBron and get in seven games without no Kyrie. With no Kyrie. Second year gets to the Eastern Conference semis, a uh, little bit of dysfunction. I see the trend. This kid is gonna be a winner. This kid's gonna be a. He's gonna be a winner. He's gonna be. A, he's gonna. He's gonna have long and deep. He's gonna have a multitude of long and deep playoff runs. He's already building up a resume of winning and production with the stats to match it. I like it. I like Jason Tatum. And then, oh boy, oh boy, his skills. He is a. He, he's a three-level scorer. Uh, you know, he's the quintessential, he's the quintessential, the prototypical 6'8", 6'9", wing player that you want in today's NBA. That's Jason Tatum. The, like, like the, the, if you ask a GM, as far as wing players, what you look for offensively, is, like in today's wing players, to be a star, that's Jason Tatum. A three-level scorer with a handle who can finish, who can shoot the mid-range jump shot, and shoot the three-point jump shot, and they can create his own shot, that, and get anywhere on the floor with his handle, that's the quintessential wing player that you want offensively. 
And that is what he's becoming. And he's becoming a superstar. So I really like Jason Tatum. Um, I, 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 I really like him. I don't know if he has the personality to be like, to ever be the face of the NBA. I don't know. Because it, it come, like I said, in the pre, like I said in the previous segment, it's, it, it takes a lot. You have to have a lot. Of, you have, it takes a lot to be the face of the league. But could he be a top 10 player in this league? Certainly so. Could he be a top five player in this league? Certainly so. Yes, he can. He's only 21. Only 21. That's the funny thing about all of these guys. And then at number one, at number one, I put Luka Dantich. Sorry. Just trying to get his stats. But at number one, I picked Luka Dantich. Luka's averaging 28, 9, and 8. He's averaging 28, 9, and 8, and he's only 21. Boy, oh boy, he's good. He is good. <laughs> he's good, and he just turned 21. He just, Luka Doncic just turned 21. This guy is special. Um, and all of these guys are special. All of these guys are special. But Luka Doncic, he is a, he, he's a great, I, and this might, this might be, this might sound weird with Luka, but Luka, I see a lot of LeBron in Luka. I see a lot of I see a lot of characteristics in 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 styles. I see a lot of Le, I see a lot of Luka and LeBron. I see a lot of LeBron and Luka. I see a lot of LeBron. I see and it may be weird because Luka is not as athletic as LeBron, but like if LeBron wasn't athletic, I think he'll look just like Luka. Luka has the step back. He has the step back jump shot. He has the handle. He can facilitate and play make like LeBron. And he can also score. He can score. He can put the ball on the deck and drop, drive, to the t- drive to the rim. He can hit you with the mid-range or he can hit you with the step back three. He's a three-level scorer. Um, <clears throat> Luka, I see a lot of LeBron. He's built, he, you know, he's about 6'7", 6'8". Not as physically... And not as physically and athletically gifted as LeBron, but as far as his skills with his passing ability and being able to play make and his all around effect on the game, not just scoring. Because as you as you as you notice, I haven't mentioned his scoring. I haven't mentioned his scoring at all. But you look at what he, if you look at what he can do. Just skills-wise, playmaking, getting others involved, all-around impact on the game. Luca, I see a lot of LeBron. It's offensively, I see a lot of LeBron. Not like I said, not as physically gifted because LeBron is just a different animal. Not as physically and not as athletically blessed, but skills-wise, I see a lot of LeBron and Luca. Also, Luca. He has the Mavericks, you know, in playoff contention. There, the, 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 the Dallas is going to make the playoffs. I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to win around, but they're going to make the playoffs nevertheless. And Dallas, I don't know how. I don't know if you guys watch the Mavericks enough, but offensively, they are fun to watch. Now, defensively, they can't stop a soul. Defensively, they can't stop my grandmother. <laughs> I mean, Dallas, they can score with the bunt. They can score with the best of them, but defensively, if they need to make a stop. 
Dallas couldn't stop. They could. Dallas couldn't guard my grandmother. So they're not good defensively. But if you watch the Mavericks, they are really good offensively. They are really exciting offensively. Um, and they can score with the best of them. And it's 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 a big part of Luca. It, a lot of that has to do with Luca, and he's leading them to to some big time stuff offensively. Go look at their offensive numbers. Outstanding offensive numbers from the Mavericks. Uh, they have the best three point um, percentage. Three point percentage offensive rating is I think the top in the league. It's it's definitely top five. I think it's, they got the best offensive rating in the league. They are really good offensively and special. I like what they bring. So those are my top five players. Twenty one and under. Top five players. Twenty one and under. Trey Young at five. Uh, John Moran at four, Zion at three, Jason Tatum at two, uh, Luka Doncic at one. Jason Tatum turns 22 tomorrow, so don't hold that against me. But March 3rd, Jason Tatum turns 22, so don't hold that against me. But these are my top five players that's 21 and under in the NBA. I'll be back. So I am back. Um, so there's a report out saying that hey, Dak could get ex- uh, Dak and the Cowboys. They're working on possibly getting an exclusive franchise tag, an exclusive franchise tag, franchise tag. And I know some of you guys. I I know this you know this terminology because I you know I'm, I study it. I look at it. I watch these things. I read up on these things. I do all those types of things. But I know you guys are probably like, what is an exclusive franchise tag? And if you don't know, so the NFL, they have this franchise tag. Teams during the offseason can use this franchise tag twice. You can use it on two players. Um, And it's like, it's usually a one-year rental. And it's basically saying, okay, I I don't like you. I don't love you. So I'm not going to sign you long-term. But the franchise tag, you can use it for two to three years, and you can sign that player to a one-year rental. And, you know, Dak, in Dak's situation, uh, if the Cowboys were to use the regular, quote-unquote, franchise tag, it would be worth $27 million. Dak, obviously, you know, through, for the last year, Dak, is, Dak wants $30 million or more. Um, the Cowboys, with the exclusive franchise tag, it's still a franchise tag. And it's, it's still a one-year thing, but it pays Dak $33 million a year. Uh, the cow- and it's, it's a well-balanced contract for both sides. Dak gets his $33 million. The Cowboys don't have to pay Dak no more than $33 million. 
Um, and, and some people think that, hey, Dak, yeah, he's worth about 33 million. Some people think that Dak is not worth 33 million. Carson Wentz, it makes around 32 and a half million a year. Some would argue that Carson Wentz, as a talent, as a quarterback, proving that this year, he's better than Dak. Some would say, hey, like Dak's agent is probably doing. Some would say, hey, Dak has more wins. Dak has more playoff wins. Dak, every time he plays Carson Wentz, most of the time he wins. So that would be Dak's argument. And like I said, the Cowboys, if I'm the Cowboys, I, told, I said this a couple weeks ago um, during Super Bowl week. I said, if the Cowboys truly think that Dak is either the best or second best quarterback in the division, go ahead and pay him. But if they don't think he's, a, if they don't truly think he's the second or best, or the first or second best quarterback in his division, don't pay him. Don't pay him at all. So, and goes the, and the Cowboys, and here goes my thing. I think some of the Cowboys' struggles, well, first, let's point out the Cowboys' struggle. First, defensively, the Cowboys weren't great. The Cowboys weren't great defensively. Uh, as far as stopping the run, stopping the run, yards, points, it's they 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 were bad. They were they were as bad as the 2015 team, mind you. The Cowboys that were the the, the 2015 Cowboys went four and twelve. So they were so that that team wasn't good at all. Tony Romo had got hurt. Uh, the, the defense was bad. That team was not good at all. They were four and twelve. That's how they that's how they were able to draft Ezekiel Elliott. But the Cowboys team that would that couldn't stop the run this year was eight and eight. And what was the big thing for the Cowboys? They couldn't beat playoff contenders. They couldn't beat playoff teams. Dak and the Cowboys this year was one and seven. They were one and seven against playoff teams. One and seven against playoff teams. And some people and some people think that hey, Jason Garrett was the problem. Jason Garrett was holding back Dak. Jason Garrett often was not good enough of a coach to coach Dak and the Cowboys. Some tend to think that it was Jason Garrett. And Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones will probably say, yeah, that's fair because that's why they that's why they have a new coach. Because there was questions about Jason Garrett and, you know, like thereof. Is he good enough to be a Super Bowl coach? Is he good enough to coach this team up? to a Super Bowl or to coach this team up to being a Super Bowl contender? That was a question. And then some people are like, well, yeah, Jason Garrett, not much of a good coach. He's he's not a great coach. Yeah, we give you that. But Dak also has limitations too. That's what some people will argue. Dak has limitations. So the Cowboys find themselves in the middle of two spectrums. One side is saying, hey, Jason Garrett, is j- he, he's just not a great coach. Jason Garrett is just not a great coach at all. He he, he was holding Dak back. Uh, Dak's ceiling was much lower with Jason Garrett. Hey, fair point. That's why they fired Jason Garrett. And the other side is saying, well, yeah, Jason Garrett, he wasn't, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a great coach. Yeah, he could have been better. But Dak has limitations. And Dak will be just Dak. And that is what... The Cowboys front office want to see. That is what Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones want to see. Dak now has Mike Mike McCarthy, a Super Bowl winning coach. You know, that Mike McCarthy is, has been known for making quarterbacks better. 
You know, his offenses are his offenses are quarterback friendly. And with this one year exclusive franchise tag contract, what this contract is telling me, the Cowboys are basically saying, Okay, it is showtime, Dak. Show us what you have. Show us what you have. So it's so show us what you're gonna bring to the table. Show us what you're gonna bring to the table. And if Dak doesn't you know, if he doesn't play up to par, if Dak doesn't look like rookie season Dak, then that that that's where Jerry and Stephen Jones would make their next decision. Their next decision be like, yeah, we, we can't we can't sign this guy long term. They can't sign him long term. And that is when Stephen, that is when Stephen and Jerry Jones will make their decision. But I think this exclusive friend, I think this exclusive franchise tag. That the Cowboys and Dak and his agent is discussing, I think this might be the best route, the best possible route for both sides, for both parties. And this is how a negotiation, uh, this is how a negotiation should play. This is how contracts should work out. Both, you're not gonna get like, you're not gonna get everything you demand in a contract. It just doesn't work like that. That's why you have to have. That's why there's terms such as negotiation, negotiations, because and compromising. Because you you have to come. You have to be balanced. The contract has to be balanced on both sides, on both parties. Yeah, Dak may want thirty six, thirty five million. The Cowboys are like, uh, we don't know if you're thirty five and thirty six million. So we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. Dak, you know, the Cowboys are willing to pay Dak thirty million dollars. Dak is like, okay, maybe. So I think with a contract negotiation, you know, I know, I know fans often root for the players to get their money, and I want Dak to get his money because for real, for real. Dak hasn't made a lot of money in this NFL career. He hasn't made a lot of money. The the money that he has made. It is not a lot. He it, it, he's made two in the four years that Dak has been playing. He's only made two million dollars. He's been playing on the rookie contract, four hundred thousand dollars a year. So, it, 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 this will be this will be a big time contract, and I want Dak to get paid. But also, the, I, you you do have to realize it is a business. It's a business, and the Cowboys. They gotta remain lenient, and they gotta they gotta stay focused and steady. They can't just allow themselves just to, you know, say, "Hey, we're gonna give Dak 30, 36 million. I, no, no. They they're gonna they're gonna they they wanna give money they're gonna give money to Dak. I don't think I don't think the fact that they're they're trying to be reluctant to pay Dak, but they want they want to find the correct number. They want to find the right number. And that is what the Cowboys are doing. And I think that this is what the exclusive franchise tag does for Dak and the Cowboys situation. I think this is what it does. Um, you know, when, and when teams, when and often, when teams, you know, when they're, you know, because usually guys like Patrick Mahomes, of course, you pay Patrick Mahomes. Guys like Russell Wilson, of course, you pay Russell Wilson. LeBron, of course, you pay LeBron a max contract. Uh, Giannis, of course, you pay Giannis a max contract. But 
But it's it's guys like Kirk Cousins, Dak. You're like, uh, Jared Goff. It's like, uh, do do I really pay this type of money for Dak? Do I really pay this type of money for Jared Goff? Do I really? And people, so and that's where reluctance come in to play because. You know, when, when, when we're discussing these big-time contracts with these, like, bona fide superstars like Patrick Mahomes and LeBron and Russell Wilson, it's like, of course. But when you, when you have, like, guys that are clearly – that are not as talented as them, Dak is clearly not as talented as Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson. That's where the argument comes in, and that's where it's like, where do you draw the line of – where like what the what type of like what type of guy like what type of player what type of contract does Dak get due to you know accordingly due to his talent because if Patrick Mahomes get forty million Dak can't Dak can't get forty million sorry Dak just can't get forty million if Patrick Mahomes get forty million Dak can't do that because that we all know everybody in their grandmother know that Dak isn't. He's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. He's the, he's not as talented as Patrick Mahomes. So that is where we have to we, like that is where the teams where that's where most teams try to find that line that 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 gray area. That's where most teams try to get in between because it's like okay, Dak not as good as Patrick Mahomes. I think most people would say Carson Wentz talent wise, talent wise, not the most talent wise. Most people would say Carson Wentz is better than Dak. So so it's like where do you find that, that, that great meme? Now I do think Dak, this exclusive franchise tag, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be the best for both sides. Because the Cowboys are like, hey, Dak's Dak's market is not that huge. It, it, Dak's, Dak's market is not that huge. You know, teams not to be the teams. You know, unless it's, there's a there's always like a, a stupid owner out there that's willing to pay guys like that thirty eight million dollars a year, which the Cowboys would certainly not do. The Cowboys wouldn't pay Dak thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight million dollars a year. But you know, there's always that one stupid crazy owner that you know just that signs mediocre talent. Or above a, a little above average talent because that's what Dak is. Let's be honest. Dak is a guy who's not super talented, but he's he he's talented enough. He's proven he's proven enough. But you're not gonna. I mean, come on. We're not gonna. You're not gonna pay a guy like Dak thirty seven, thirty eight million dollars a year. You're just not gonna do it. But there's always that crazy owner. But the Cowboys know that Dak's market is not that huge out there. It's not that huge out there, but instead of you know insulting him because if the if the Cowboys were just to if they were just to throw the regular franchise tag at that for a year for one year and twenty seven million dollars, that's blatant disrespect. I mean, it's it's it's, it's almost blatant disrespect. But but the, just the fact that the Cowboys are saying, hey, we're gonna give you the exclusive the, the exclusive franchise tag. This is the deal. Take it or leave it. It shows a lot. It shows a lot, and I think the Cowboys are basically saying, "Hey, okay, we're gonna we're gonna figure this thing out." Now, if it was Jason Garrett, and if it really was Jason Garrett and him not being a a coach up the par or a championship level coach, okay, then you of course you proved it. But 
we're gonna figure this thing out. If it was Jason, it was if it was all Jason Garrett, or if it was just some Jason Garrett and Dak. Because we all know the Cowboys and Dak, Dak himself, really struggled. Really struggled against winning teams. He struggled against winning teams last year. He was one and seven. And for the last two years, he has struggled against playoff teams. He has struggled against playoff teams and winning teams. So that is gonna that, that's gonna be a trend that people look out for. That is gonna be a consistent trend that the media is gonna consistently nitpick. Every time the Cowboys play a winning team, or anytime the Cowboys play a team that is that's within the playoff hunt, that is gonna be thrown out there multiple times because we know about the we we know about the previous struggles of the Cowboys and you know their lack of beating playoff teams, playoff caliber teams, winning teams, teams with winning records. That is going to be the problem, and that is what we're going to look out for, and that's what the Cowboys and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, that's going to figure out. Because I think I, I think the Cowboys, I think they all think it, um, with Jerry Jones as an owner, I think he gets a bad rap. Because the players that he has, that they're able to draft, they have been great. These last five years, six, these like last six years, as far as drafting, the Cowboys have done a good job. Go look, Go back and look at some of those draft picks. They have done a good job. They have done a good job. So when it comes to drafting players and uh, scouting players, like their scouting department, really, it's good. It's good. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, they have a good eye for talent. So that's not the problem. They can draft players, but that is what the Cowboys doing. Um, I hope that this report is. I, th- I hope that this report follows through. Um, and the Cowboys and that does it. You know, they say, hey, we're gonna give you the exclusive franchise tag. I hope that I I hope that 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 the Cowboys can follow that through, um, but I like that move on. I like that move for both spots, both sides, both parties involved. I like it. It's a it's a win win. Dak gets his money. Uh, Cowboys save money. They also give Dak like the appropriate amount. I like it. I like it. Um, so. One thing, so the Redskins, in this this story, I'm sorry, I, I, we've been talking about this for like the last three episodes, I feel like, you know, Redskins and Tua Tagovailoa, but it's such a, it's, it, I'm, I'm not going to say it's a nerve-wracking thing, but it's such an issue with me because I know how, how Redskins fans feel. I know how they feel because I see it. I see it. I'm often in the household with them. I'm often in public with them. I, I hear them talk. I hear them, you know, constantly criticize the Redskins. I often hear it. You know, I, you, I, I've had people on the podcast, on this podcast, on this very platform that are Redskins fans. I, they probably don't want to admit it, but they are. I've had them. I have those people. And this, this to a tongue of our little story where the coaching staff, the Ron Rivera and the coaching staff was like, hey, we really like Tua. I don't know what the I don't know what to think of it. It's the, and maybe you guys can answer my question. Is this trade bait? And because it, 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 it's forcing if Miami really, if Miami really, really thinks that the Redskins are gonna take Tua Tua Tonga if the if the Dolphins really think that you know, Tua, it like the Redskins are a real threat to draft Tua. The the you gotta you got you gotta trade some of those picks. 
if my if if you if Miami thinks that Miami has to trade some of those picks, and it's smart. It's smart on the Redskins' behalf. It is. It's a smart move. It's a smart move, and it's smart to bait them. That's a smart strategical move that the Redskins are pulling. If it's trade bait, but I worry if the Redskins are really gonna drive Tua, and can they put the right pieces around Tua? But I'm gonna. We, we, we're gonna talk. We, as the time as time goes on, as time develop, we're gonna talk more about this story, and we're gonna talk more about the NFL draft. But I see you guys later. Thank you guys for tuning in once again to another episode of the IKP, the Isaiah K Podcast. I'm your humble and gracious host. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for keep clicking. You guys are doing a great job with the streams. I love it. Love to see the numbers. Love to see the numbers. Um, you guys, shout out to everybody with the Spotify listenership, Apple listenership, uh, iPod, I mean, uh, iHeartRadio listenership, all those platforms. Thank you guys for listening. Keep clicking, keep clicking. We are doing a good job. Once again, like I said, we are doing a good job. Um, without further ado, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Peace. Adios. Amigos. Gone. Deuces. I'll be gone. Uh, I'll see you guys later. Thank <laughs> you.